The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday with Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University in class, presented by DraftKings. Hammer the over. You guys know what to do over at DraftKings. It's also a Winner's Friday. No, it's a Winner's Thursday because it's the last Ross Tucker football podcast of the week. But tell them what it is, Mike Singletary. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Unfortunately, Mike Singletary, I am a loser because I forgot to pick the spread the word winner via social media. The person that either retweets or likes or quote tweets or replies or whatever on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook to either at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker pod. I forgot to pick out somebody who took advantage of one of our sponsors this week and then emailed me Ross at Ross Tucker.com. There's a sponsors page over at Ross Tucker.com. And I forgot to pick out one of the new subscribers on YouTube. And we got a bunch with, Andrew Barry yesterday, and Warren Sharp, and Michael North, and Matt Nagy, and Micah Parsons, and Greg Cosell every week. We are absolutely on fire, people watching and listening and spreading the word about the show. But I forgot. I forgot all about winners this morning. That is my fault, probably because the Paxtonia Pink Puppies won again last night, uh, and I am the head coach. But no excuses. I've got to be better. We will have winners on Monday's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And then again with the last RTFP next week as well. For right now, though, we're still kind of all winners because it's a Greg Cosell day. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. You know, it's funny because we've had a bunch of, you know, bigger name guys or, you know, head coaches, GMs on. Hopefully... A lot of people subscribed, either audio or video or whatever, so that they get the wisdom of one Greg Cosell <laughs> every single week. You can check out Greg on social media at Greg Cosell. Obviously, people see him all the time on TV on the NFL matchup show. And I'm so fired up, Greg, 
to have you all year because in the offseason, it gives us a chance to get into some more philosophical discussions. And also, I just kind of get your your take on the news and we can extrapolate it into what it means for the trends of the league. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, it came out that at Jags minicamp, the Jags used Travis Etienne exclusively, Greg, as a wide receiver. So I guess question number one is, did you see that on his Clemson tape? Like, did, did you see enough there in the passing game that you think it's realistic? And I know that they're just trying to see different ways to use him. We'll get into that part of it. But did you see enough from ETN in the passing game to think that he could handle such a role? There were numerous shots at Clemson in which he was detached from the formation, Ross. But being detached from the formation is different than lining up exclusively at wide receiver. This was just their first minicamp or OTAs. I never know what to call them these days. Um, we'll see as it goes forward. But he's a running back. That's what he's been up to this point in his career. And there might be a sense from a lot of people that runners in the NFL, you just give them the ball and they run. You played offensive line. You know that's not true. As a running back, there's much you need to know as far as the play call versus the defense. A running back needs to understand defensive fronts. He needs to understand second and third level defenders because the specific run play, he has a read, an initial read. And think of it this way. Let's say you know based on the blocking scheme that there's an eighth defender who can't be blocked, which happens very often in the league. The big myth is you can't run against eight in the box. You and I both know that's a total myth. But the point I'm trying to make is this. You don't want to cut back to the eighth defender because you know he can't be blocked. So you have to understand as a running back defensive fronts in relation to the blocking schemes. You have to understand the alignment of second and third level defenders. You have to understand based on maybe linebacker alignment, if that means the safety is going to drop down to, to fill in a, a gap. These are all things you have to understand and you have to practice that. So again, I don't know what their overall plan is for him. Maybe they're looking to transition him solely to wide receiver. I, I, I can't speak to, to that. But if they plan on using him at running back meaningfully, he's going to have to learn how to play running back at the NFL level. So this is exactly, Greg, what I was hoping to do with these shows. Exactly. I would say the biggest thing that most of our listeners and fans would be surprised about when it comes to the NFL would be the level of detail and football intelligence required to be able to play at all at right. that level, let alone excel. Greg, I played seven years, okay? I'm proud of that, blah, blah, blah. Most of the guys I played with in training camp, I thought probably had more physical ability than I did. Probably had more physical ability than I did. A lot of them couldn't really get down the mental part of one position, let alone being able to do all five like I could. And there's so much of a cat and mouse game 
you know, there's so many little intricate details you can do to really set your defender up. And what you just said is exactly right. You know, let's say it's a stretch play to the right side, okay? You you don't just try to knock the defensive end out, all right? You attack the defensive end's outside armpit like you're trying to hook him because he's going to feel that. And his number one job is to not get hooked. So as he fights you attacking his outside armpit, he's like, oh, I can't get hooked, I can't get hooked, I can't get hooked. You're, you are trying, Greg, hook, hook, hook. Actually, bro, I'm not even trying to hook you. Boom, and you wipe him outside. That's how you create space. Like, yeah. that's how it happens. And people don't – you no, know, see guys come in, they think they can just – they think they can just move a guy. You can't – you know how strong these guys are? You well, can't and, just move them. No, and you have back, to bluff them. Yeah, and getting back to the running back position, Ross, because that's where we started with Travis Etienne, is if you call, let's say, outside zone, or let's say, you know, teams have different categories for zone runs. You know, some coaches might just go inside zone, outside zone. Some coaches might go inside zone, mid zone, outside zone, stretch play. It all It's just how you want to categorize all this, as you well know. Uh, but the point is, the running back's initial read is based on the front. So in other words, if it's an over front, which means the line is shifted to the strength of the offense, the defensive line is shifted to the offensive strength, normally the tight end, then he has one read. If the if it's an under front and the defensive line is shifted to the the weakness of the offensive line, which is away from the tight end, then he has another read. You have to learn these things. The, you, don't, you don't just give a back a ball and say, let's run around and see what happens. All this stuff has to be taught, and it's much more detailed and nuanced at the NFL level. Yep, and here's the deal. A lot of times they're looking at the first defensive lineman um, to that side of the ball or the end defensive lineman to that side of the ball. They are watching to see – do we get him hooked? Do we get leverage on him? Right. Or is he going to get pushed outside and I'm going to cut it back inside of him? Right. To your point, they need to know exactly who is being blocked and who's not. And how they're being your, blocked. Right. To your point about the eighth guy in the box, a lot of times that down safety, he is getting blocked. The guy that isn't is the DN, the end man in the line of scrimmage. All, so you can't cut it all the way back. Because he's coming down the line hard. Let me get to the next point, which is running backs as receivers. Yeah. It feels like this is all the rage now. And you hear all the time, he can run every route on the route tree. He runs wide receiver routes. How many of these guys does that really apply to, Greg? Like, are, are we forcing it? Or are there are a lot of guys that really can do that. There's not a lot because a lot of guys don't have experience doing it. And just because a guy can run a wheel route out of the backfield doesn't mean he can run wide receiver routes. Um, but there's not a lot of guys that can truly run wide receiver routes. You know, detaching a guy from the formation and saying run a go route does not automatically mean he runs wide receiver routes. Um, so there's not many guys who can truly line up on the outside and run a meaningful route tree. So if, if you do have one of those guys, like I would say that the guy I thought who was the best in this recent draft, 
who the Eagles drafted in the fifth round was Kenneth Gainwell based on his 2019 tape because um, uh, he did not play in 2020. But just lining up a guy on the outside doesn't automatically mean he can run wide receiver routes. Now, maybe that's what the Jaguars are trying to do with ATN is they want to really teach him how to be a receiver. Um, but there's a compromise there. You're, you're lessening his ability to learn how to be an NFL runner. So, uh, but again, they had a 1000 yard back last year. We know ATN's a highly explosive athlete. They're probably looking to maximize the explosiveness of the players they put out on the field. Speaking of Jaguars and running backs, they released Ryquel Armstead, who really had some COVID complications. Yeah. You know, the one player that that was really notable, the Giants picked him up off waivers. I feel like you or somebody else, Greg, a couple of years ago, really kind of liked him. I did. I think he's a certain kind of back. I mean, I, you know, again – Obviously, if healthy, Barkley is the guy. We know that. That's Armstead's not competing for the starting job. But I think that Armstead, if healthy, and he missed a whole year, and obviously his body got racked a bit, so we don't know. But if he's back to what he was at Temple, I think he's your classic sustaining grinder. I think he's a really nice complement as a runner to to someone like Barkley, who obviously can do it all. Um, but I, I really liked Armstead coming out of Temple for what he is. You know, backs like that, as you know, Ross, are not drafted high because they're not necessarily explosive and big play weapons. And my guess is he's not going to give you a ton in the pass game. But he's he's a sustaining, inside, urgent, competitive grinder. And I think there's still a place for those backs in the NFL. I think there's always a place for those backs to some degree in the NFL. What about, you mentioned Barkley, what about his Penn State teammate, Deshaun Hamilton, what a crazy story. He was yeah. set to get traded to the 49ers, reportedly, and then he tore his ACL. What do you think the Niners saw in Hamilton? Well, I think Hamilton at his core in the NFL is a slot receiver. Um, I think that he's um, – I wouldn't call him super shifty, but I think given his size and his movement ability, he's a slot. Now, again, you're dealing in an NFL where there's much more formation variation. There's more motion than ever. So a lot of these defined categories that we spoke about five, ten years ago don't necessarily exist 100% of the time. But for the most part, that's what he is. Um, he would have been an interesting fit on the Niners because we know Kyle Shanahan uses motion well over 70% of his offensive snaps, moves people around, um, does a lot with with uh, his use of personnel. So it would have been he would have been an interesting player uh, if he, in fact, made the team. I mean, he's he's one of those guys, I think, that needs to be in the right situation and truly get an opportunity. But now it's likely he'll miss this season. Uh, while we're on wide receivers, former Panthers wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin uh, signed with the Giants, converting the tight end. It feels like, Greg, everybody and their brother is quote-unquote converting the tight end. We had Logan Thomas with success. Obviously, yeah. another success story. But then you see Darren Waller. I think just the Eagles, Tyree Jackson and Hakeem Butler. What, let, let's start with this. What does that really mean when these guys are converting to tight end? Well, I think people have this sense if you're converting a guy to tight end, he's going to inline block and have to block defensive ends one-on-one. -on -one. I don't think that's the way the league is now for the most part. If Kelvin Benjamin truly can make the conversion and he's on the Giants roster week one as a tight end, he would be much more of a flexed player, detached player. 
Um, think of Darren Waller. Darren Waller came out of Georgia Tech, I believe. He was a wide receiver in an offense in which they ran. That was Paul Johnson where they ran that true option. So he didn't get a lot of volume targets at Georgia Tech. Um, and he became a tight end. And what is Waller in the NFL for the most part? Waller is a player that lines up detached or in a wing position, which is not truly detached, but it's more, you know, he's a wing tight end. Um, I think I remember him catching a touchdown pass last year, beating a corner, Mike Davis of the Chargers. I mean, that's the way you use these players. If Kelvin Benjamin is truly going to make this transition, he'll be a detached split matchup player. That's what he'll be. He's not going to be an inline tight end who you're going to feature for your strong side run game. So when people say they're transitioning to tight end, you have to understand what that means, Ross. He's not going to be an inline player. He's simply going to be a, a they'll designate him as a tight end because they'll probably still have three wide receivers on the field when they go 11 personnel, one back, one tight, three wide, but he'll really be a detached matchup player. So I guess what's the difference then between a guy converting the tight, quote-unquote converting tight end, or just being a big slot? Not a ton, depending on usage. Because um, Kelvin Benjamin, and again, these bigger guys, you know, obviously Darren Waller plays the large majority of the snap. So, he, you know, he does line up in multiple positions. Um, but, you know, Benjamin, this is brand new for him more than likely he would not be playing in your quote-unquote true base offense. He'd be playing when you go to your your quote-unquote sub packages on offense, you know, where you go with three wide. Um, so, yeah, he'd line up anywhere. He could be a slot. You could line him up as the – the way the Chiefs do more than any team in the league with Kelsey. They line up Kelsey as the single receiver to the short side of the field on the back side of three wide receivers. You know, that's the boundary X position. You could see Benjamin, if it works, line up there and then see who plays him. You know, obviously you're looking for matchups. It's a matchup lead. You're looking for matchups. couple other questions I wanted to get to because they've been in the news this week, one of which – Steve Fezzik, my co-host on the Even Money podcast, which we usually record on Tuesdays, went crazy. Uh, he's, a, he's a fan of Pro Football Focus, but they had Tom Brady as the number two quarterback in the NFL going into the 2021 season. Now, I know he played very well towards the end of the year. They have some statistics that back that up. And I know you're not a list or a ranking guy, Greg, but you know who the quarterbacks are. <laughs> yeah, do you, think, do you think you can make a? You think you can make an argument that Tom Brady is still the second best quarterback in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes? And you know me, Ross. My question would be: Why are we even trying making this argument? What's the point? Tom Brady played extremely well last year over the last half of the season, and for the most part through the playoffs, he did get a little lucky in the NFC Championship game uh, where he did throw three picks. But for the most part, down the stretch, he threw the ball extremely well, and he played very, very well. Um, you know, again, Brady falls into that category now, which is a discussion you and I have had about quarterbacks as you look at young quarterbacks coming into the league. Do quarterbacks need to have the ability to make second reaction plays? And second reaction can be defined in multiple ways. 
You know, Brady is a master at working the pocket. So he can make late in the down pocket throws, which you could, if you really wanted to make the argument, you could argue that those are second reaction plays. They're just pocket plays. Um, but people think of movement when they think of guy, you know, they think of guys getting out of the pocket. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and get into, well, gee, you know, Deshaun Watson had a better year or this guy had a better year just based on numbers. And and I can't speak to pro football focus. You know, those guys do an unbelievable job, but I don't know their criteria. So I can't speak to that. I can only speak to what the tape shows. And Brady played at a very, very high level for the last 10, 12 games of, of the 2020 season. Yeah, I mean, I guess from my perspective, it'd be hard for me to put him ahead of Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen, what some of these yeah. guys did last year. That I mean, that, Rodgers, you know, Rodgers is one of those guys. I think we lose sight of how great Aaron Rodgers is. So, again, I'm not a list guy, and, and you know, I'm not going to get into, you know, well, Rodgers should be there ahead of this guy or ahead of that guy. I thought Aaron Rodgers was phenomenal last year in every way. I thought he played exceptionally well within the structure of that offense. I thought he threw the ball really well. He still made second reaction plays when demanded. But, you know, if you talk to coaches, I've talked to coaches who've been on the Green Bay staff, and they'll tell you that Aaron Rodgers is just an absolute savant, that he's just a genius. Um, He played at an extremely high level a year ago, and I know he's in the news for reasons that are not related to football, but – but he's he's a really, really high-level player. Greg, if I asked you in your 42 years at NFL Films, who's the best deep threat wide receiver you've seen, who would you say? Stanley Morgan. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I just pulled that name out. <laughs> that is uh, like that, that's an interesting era. one. He played in a little different era. I remember Grogan to Morgan. You know, Morgan was the guy that everybody started saying when he's even, he's leaving. Um, and that was a different era where, you know, you could catch – he would catch 40 balls for, you know, 20-plus yards a, a reception, you know, but the game was different. But, you know, we live in a world, you know, I, I know this has all been in the news. You know, I think people forget a little bit about Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson has been a major deep threat receiver, never been a true volume receiver. Um you know, and, and, you know, the game is a little different. There's a lot more balls being thrown. So receivers today, obviously this relates to Tyreek Hill, he'll catch a lot more balls because of the nature of pass offense in today's NFL. You know, if Tyreek Hill played 15 or 20 or 25 years ago, you might be talking about a guy that catches 40 balls for 20 yards a catch. Um, it just would be, it, it was a different game. But, you know, it, it's a social media world. We, we, we make judgments every five seconds and people forget you know, what happened in the past, but there's, there's been a lot of, you know, I go back a long way, Ross, as you know, I, I think of guys like Cliff Branch. Who, That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Cliff Branch, Lynn Swan. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, obviously Randy Moss. I will say this though. I don't think I've ever seen a faster guy on a football field than Tyreek Hill. I, um, I don't know, like with my eyes, I, I never yeah. felt that before. Yeah, and, and he's a little different kind of fast because he's not a long athlete. So, you know, some of these guys, neither was Deshaun, obviously. But, you know, think back to like a Willie Galt, okay? And Willie Galt played on a team that did not throw the ball very much. But he, he was a track guy, and he could, you remember Willie Galt. He could run now. Yeah, he is the man, Greg Cosell, at Greg Cosell on Twitter. Fun conversation. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. 
I appreciate you and I appreciate Level Select CBD, especially when I know guys like golf legend Ricky Fowler, former NFL quarterback Carson Palmer are using Level Select CBD sports cream and roll-ons to get the relief they need. And now, how about this? Level Select CBD is sponsoring a free-to-play daily fantasy golf contest. Head to DraftKings.com and make your picks in the Level Select Golf Classic for your shot at $5,000 in cash prizes. Level Select has three different levels of CBD, so you can find products that's right for you. Visit LevelSelectCBD.com. Use promo code DK30 for 30% off your entire order. That's DK30 for 30% off your order at LevelSelectCBD.com. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Tux Takes. Morning, Ross. Let's start with Broncos wide receiver Deshaun Hamilton. Unclaimed on waivers, so he reverts back to the NFI list. Which means he's not going to get paid. They don't need to pay on the NFI list. The Broncos aren't going to pay him, just like they're not paying Jawan James. It's a shame. Tux Takes. Philadelphia Eagles signed tackle LaRaven Clark. They're really not messing around this week, huh? Ryan Kerrigan to play the end. They trade for Josiah Scott to play corner. They sign LaRaven Clark. The Eagles are making sure that they <coughs> at every position. You know, they, they're on the field this week for OTAs, and it seems like they realize there's some positions where they want to make sure they have some dudes. Tux takes. Speaking of having some dudes, the Houston Texans have a couple of quarterback, actually more than a couple. They just signed quarterback Jeff Driscoll. Well, it seems pretty clear at this point that they don't believe that Deshaun Watson will ever play for them again. I mean, I just don't think you'd have a trade for Ryan Finley and sign Tyrod Taylor with some guaranteed money and draft Davis Mills and sign Jeff Driscoll if you thought Deshaun Watson was going to be there. It seems pretty clear they don't think he's going to be there. I mean, they even gave Jeff Driscoll like some guaranteed money, I think like seven hundred fifty grand or something. Tux takes. One final note today, Antonio Brown's deal with the Bucks is on hold pending a physical after he had knee surgery. Yeah, and he's on hold, and it seems like Tim Tebow's on hold too. I I don't know why the Jags, if they're gonna sign Tebow, they wouldn't have already. Because they're on the field right now. And if Tebow's making this transition to tight end, he needs every single rep he can get. As for Antonio Brown, I guess he had that knee surgery. And Bruce Arians is on the Pewter Report uh, with our guys, including John Ledger, who comes on College Draft Podcast a lot, and said they got to wait till he can pass a physical after the knee surgery before they go ahead and sign him. Hopefully you guys sign up for at Ross Tucker pod on social media, Twitter, or Instagram. So you can see the highlight clips of our other shows that you may or may not watch that way. It entices you to check them out or youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. That way you can always see the highlight clips of all the shows. See what I'm wearing that day, whatever. Uh, other than that, we got time for an email, Bri. I love it. Love, love, love some emails. All you ever have to do is take advantage of any of our sponsors over at RossTucker.com. Send me an email. 
Ross at RossHecker.com after you do and say, hey, Ross, I took advantage of level select CBD or ExpressVPN or DraftKings or whatever. And then ask me any question you'd like. I love it. What do you got, Brian? Hey, Ross, took advantage of your code on 1-800-Flowers and sent 24 red roses to my fiance using that code football. Hoping to get a question, uh, which is, do you change up your blocking style depending on who's the running back behind you? And also, who is your favorite running back to block for in your career? Love your show. Heard you on Damashek a couple of years ago and have been listening ever since. This is from Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. Um, I love it. Good question. Thank you for taking advantage of the 100 flowers order. So uh, the answer is not really, no. And part of that is because you're really blocking the play and you're really blocking the defensive front. If you were listening to Greg and I earlier, we talked about how you have to understand the front, understand how the defense is playing it, and be able to block it based on how they're playing it, you really don't have time to add the running back to the equation. Now, that said, I do think coordinators and play callers at times will call a play or a certain scheme based on the running back, them knowing that that running back is better or worse on certain plays. I think that's the reality. However, if you know who the running back is, there are certain guys, I guess you know that they're better at breaking tackles. Uh, they, they're maybe a little bit more patient in the backfield, like a Le'Veon Bell. But I will tell you, you know, like in Buffalo, that's a good example. I didn't always know who was in the huddle, Travis Henry or Willis McGahee, based on the nature of how we huddled. I didn't know. And they had very different styles. Willis was more patient and sort of always falling forward, really good vision. Travis Henry just hit it hard and was strong and explosive. But it didn't really change how you ended up going ahead and blocking. Good question. I like it. Keep those coming. I hope we, you know, we haven't gotten a patron in a while. Patreon.com slash RT Media. Love chatting with you guys. We're probably due for another happy hour here soon. Love the I think we're done here members of Patreon.com slash RT Media, like Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com. Check out Fantasy Feast, Even Money, College Draft, Business of Sports this week. Plenty for you guys to check out over the weekend. And we will be back bright and early on Monday. I think we're done here. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 